0: Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, John Stolnes. Follow me on Twitter, at John Stolnes, and this is a special day two of the NFL draft edition of Eye on the Enemy. And wow, what a day two we had, which is, of course, coming on the heels of a phenomenal day number one. I'm going to recap the Eagles' second and third round pick for you give you some analysis on the two players the eagles chose one kind of was a head scratcher and the other universally celebrated it seems here in eagles twitterville and so uh, we'll break it all down also just kind of catch you up on what the other teams in the nfc east have done the cowboys commanders and giants through three rounds of the nfl draft and some work still remains for this football team some other oddities too from this draft particularly with the quarterbacks. So uh, a lot of things to get to here on this very special edition of Eye on the Enemy where we are doing a day two NFL draft recap for the Birds. And so let's just jump right into it. You know, Howie Roseman getting universally praised for his draft so far through three rounds, and it's certainly well-deserved. Of course, in the opening round, they traded up to go get stud defensive tackle Jordan Davis from Georgia, one of the most uniquely gifted and talented College football prospects that has come into this draft in years—a unicorn you just do not pass up at that spot at a very important position. I talked about this on the live reaction show uh, with Jess and Ben. Uh, if you haven't caught that yet, go to the uh, Bleeding Green Nation YouTube page and you can watch our analysis of. Uh, of all that, and as well as the Eagles using uh, that number 18 pick in the draft to uh, trade that away to the Tennessee Titans and go get A.J. Brown, of course, just a a franchise-altering move, an offense-altering move that was uh, obviously celebrated by everybody. So uh, that was the first round. We're going to talk about the second and third rounds here on this episode of the podcast, and with their second-round pick, number 51 overall, the Eagles go out and they draft Jason Kelsey's eventual replacement Cam Jurgens, center from Nebraska. Despite a number of needs still there on the defense, the Eagles decided now was the time to go out and select a guy who they feel can if not replicate what Jason Kelsey has done, because Jason Kelsey is going into the Hall of Fame as one of the most athletic centers in NFL history. But because the Eagles play his own scheme, they seem to have targeted a guy that they believe can slide right into what uh, Jason Kelsey has been doing for the last decade in Eagles green. And uh, once uh, Jason Kelsey decides to retire and... I, it sure sounds like it's going to be after this year because Jason Kelsey was intimately involved in the selection of Cam Jurgens, And he's actually been actively involved in scouting different center prospects that the Eagles have considered drafting here. Over the last few years, and uh, he was speaking. Uh, Jason Kelsey was on uh, Bleacher Report uh, live stream that they were doing as the pick was made, and and, and talked to them a little bit about what he saw in Juergens and and what he likes as he was going through the evaluation process. Give this a listen. He's no, gonna, I, uh, I don't he's going uh, to be. Gonna be fine. I knew we were taking him. You did. So, uh, so this is my favorite player in the draft. I'm not just saying that because we hell picked yeah. him. The Eagles have been uh, using me uh, to like evaluate some of the centers coming out. And of all the guys that I've looked at, like for the past two, three years, out of all the guys that compare the most to myself, uh, this guy is him. I mean, he is so athletic, so fast. You see him out in space, he runs, he's a natural athlete. You see the fluidity. He played tight end, a position convert. He's only been playing offensive line for two years. Um, You know, 49240, uh 7193 comb. This guy is a freak athletically. He has the best chance to be a difference maker at the center position. I, I like this kid a lot. I really do. Jergens was regarded as the second rated center in this draft class by most draft observers, behind only I was Tyler Linderbaum, uh, who was uh, taken by the Ravens in round number one. And Juergens, uh, he, his stock had been going up in the weeks leading up to the draft. And there were a couple people who thought maybe he could sneak into the first round. But um, Jergens is a little more powerful than Linderbaum and almost as athletic, not quite as athletic, but uh, really does seem to be a good fit for what the Eagles want to do. Looking at next-gen stats, the top four interior offensive linemen by next-gen stats athleticism score were the first four interior offensive linemen drafted. Cam Juergens tops the list. At 96, ahead of Zion Johnson, who went to the Chargers with a uh, next-gen stat score of 93. Linderbaum had a score of 91. And Cole Strange, who was taken by New England in the first round at 90. So a very athletic center, a guy that... Who, who can get to the next level and uh, Jurgens talked about that with reporters in his um, in a teleconference that he did with uh, with reporters right after he was selected noting that he wants to be a guy who can get down the field and hit some safeties in the mouth much the way Jason Kelsey does when the Eagles are running the ball effectively we saw a couple of plays last year where still at even at his age he's still getting downfield 20 30 yards downfield and keeping up with Miles Sanders as he's running the ball downfield. It's, it's just an amazing thing to watch. And they are hoping, they believe that Cam Jurgens can be the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey. And so, yes, I know we said the same thing last year when the Eagles drafted Landon Dickerson uh, in the second round, the center from Alabama. Seems to me they really want to keep Landon Dickerson and Isaac Samalo where they are. Uh, they don't want to move those guys off of guard because they realize both of those guys ha- are very comfortable there. Landon Diggerson played outstanding as a rookie at left guard, and why mess with a good thing? Here's the deal. So so those are the positives with, with taking uh, Cam Juergens at, uh, at number 51 overall here in the second round. Could they have traded back and gotten Juergens? Yes, they probably could have, although we don't know that for sure. So it's an opportunity cost thing. Do you want to take a center who is not going to play in 2022 barring a Jason Kelsey injury? But let's just put that right out there. If the if all things go the way we want them to go, we will not see Cam Jurgens on the field in 2022. That's a second round pick you could have used to get yourself an impact player on defense that you have instead decided to spend on a player that you will not see the field in 2022 if all if everything goes right you could argue that this wasn't the year to do that that this wasn't the year to go get jason kelsey's replacement why not do that in next year's draft when we know whether or not jason kelsey is going to have retired or not the only thing i can think of is that they saw something special in jurgens that jason kelsey identified and the eagles uh player uh, college personnel guys saw something special and Jergens, that made them decide, this is the guy. This this is a special player. This is a special talent. He wasn't going to last a whole lot further if we had decided to trade down, and so we decided to take him at number 51 overall. I have to believe that the guys inside, that Howie Roseman and everybody else in, inside Draft Central there had a good lay of the land and knew about how far Juergens would have fallen before somebody would have snapped him up but it is a, it is a choice. The Eagles have had some needs and this was, this was met with some negativity because, uh, there was a, a linebacker prospect who we'll talk about in just a second, who was sitting there in the second round, a guy who was thought would go in the first round. And he's sitting there in the second round and the Eagles pass him up in order to go get Cam Jurgens, a center who will not play this year. um, so again, you wonder, could they have traded down? We don't know. Does it make sense to draft a player in the second round who is not going to play for you here in 2022? You can argue that it wasn't. Um, but the Eagles know they don't have Jason Kelsey for much longer. It, it could be that Jason Kelsey has a, phen- a phenomenal year in 22 and decides he wants to come back in 2023. And then in which case, you're, you're not getting anything out of, out of Cam Jurgens for the first two years that he's in Philadelphia. But I got to believe if Kelsey was this involved in the selection, if he was this involved in the recruiting, if he was this involved in scouting the tape for Cam Jurgens that you can be reasonably sure that this is Jason Kelsey's last hurrah. At least that's my take on it. That that's my read on it. If Jason Kelsey is is going this deeply into trying to, you know, help you draft his replacement, then he's probably looking at getting out after this year. So my guess is it's a red shirt here in 2022, and the Eagles felt that Jergens was a special enough player to warrant that and to warrant risking a potential impact player in round two for their defense, which still needs, still has a number of holes, still needs a lot of work. But uh, that's that's Cam Jergens, the Eagles' second-round pick. Out of Nebraska, the, the heir apparent uh, to Jason Kelsey once Kelsey uh, retires, which we all assume will probably be after this year a an athletic center who they hope will be able to slide right into Nick Sirianni's offensive scheme. Now, it's not often that you are more excited about your third-round selection than you are your second-round selection, but I think Eagles fans across the Delaware Valley and around the country are more excited about selecting linebacker Nicobe Dean with the number 81 overall pick in the third round. I mean, this is this is a guy who Daniel Jeremiah and just about every other draft expert had going in the first round. Jeremiah had him as his number 17 prospect, and he's going number 81 overall to the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a starting middle linebacker in the NFL. The Eagles have, have gone here on day two and selected somebody who will probably be their... He may be, you know, who knows if he's able to supplant TJ Edwards at middle linebacker to start this season. But he certainly is more talented, and one of the most talented defenders in the country last year. Played another guy. The Eagles take another guy from the national title, unbelievable defense that Georgia put out there. Um, you know, in, in college last year, he played behind Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis playing in front of him along the defensive line, and you had uh, Nicobe Dean... Uh, playing a middle linebacker right behind him, and watching tape him on him, his instincts and his smarts are off the charts. Dude's dude's just really smart guy. Three five five GPA in college right now, doing with, with a mechanical engineering major. I mean, guy's a smart guy. Uh, Dean knows what he's doing out there. He's no he's renowned for his smarts. Uh, he was a, a he's he's the guy who calls the plays. Uh, For for the Georgia defense. So a leader on one of the best defenses we've seen in college football in many years. And so you wonder to yourself, why the slide? Why? Why does Dean go from a first round pick to a middle of the third round pick? It looks as though Dean is coming off both a pectoral injury and a knee injury. We kind of knew about the knee injury. The pec injury was not as widely known. Uh, His health appears to be the reason he lasted until the third round of the draft. There is concern that he will miss much of the 2022 season, if not all of the 22 season, although we just don't know if that's the case yet or not. Um, Nevertheless, uh, those, uh, those medical worries... Pushed him down the third into the into the middle of the third round, which is is a long way. I mean, when you're when you're picking in the third round, it's that's the time when you kind of want to take a chance, right? That's that's the upper that's that's a spot where you can you know, it's a value pick at that point in the draft. Here here's a guy that probably you could have taken at eighteen, and nobody would have batted an eyelash, and now you get him two full rounds later than where a lot of the mocks had him going and you know, it's, it's, it's something I feel like even though there are still some holes in the secondary, Howie Roseman had to get Dean here. And, and I know Eagles fans agree. How rare is it for the Eagles to draft a linebacker this early? Uh, Ruben Frank had this note. Number 83 is the highest. The Eagles have taken a linebacker since Michael Kendricks went at number 46 overall in 2012 it's incredible it's incredible value even if he misses time in 22 as one of the most athletic and smartest players in college football this this was incredible value and Howie Roseman absolutely had to pull the trigger Dean was one of three players left in the room who was invited to the draft who hadn't gotten picked in the first two rounds um the only players left after Dean were picked was Liberty quarterback Malik Willis and Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral, who were both taken in the third round after him. Uh, Dean won the Butkus Award as the best linebacker in college football last season. Um, he's an undersized guy, but he is athletic enough to make up for it. He, If you put a running back out, out wide, he'll cover him. He'll cover the tight ends, too, if he has to. You know what I mean? He's, he's athletic enough to do all those kinds of things, but one of the things he's most known for is his run-stopping ability. He's able to diagnose plays. He's able to diagnose different complex running schemes faster than most middle linebackers and get to the running back quickly. So I mean, you've got a team here in the Eagles. I don't see how anybody's going to run on them. When you've got Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave and, uh, and, and Davis, and now you've, you're bringing in a guy like, like Neal, uh, pardon me, in, in, in Dean, that is known to be a good run stuffer. I don't know how any—now, most teams don't run the ball, right? It's a passing league, but he's also good at, uh, at you know, getting—at at covering zone schemes. And so it's it's an impact at a position the Eagles just simply don't usually invest this kind of draft capital in. I'm thrilled the Eagles have ignored the linebacker position for far too long for many years they've ignored the linebacker position and now you've got Kazier White uh you've got uh Hassan Reddick and you've got uh uh Niko- Dean uh at linebacker and I know Reddick might play some edge too might play some d- defensive end um but you know you've got now some some talent on this on this defensive front 7 um that is that makes the Eagles defensive front 7 provided that Dean is healthy enough to play one of the better units here in uh in 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 the nfl ruben frank also noted that the eagles have drafted 45 linebackers since 1980 just three of them have made pro bowls uh 1986 eighth round pick seth joiner who made three pro bowls uh who should be in the hall of fame by the way 1991 fourth round pick william thomas made two pro bowls and 1998 third round pick jeremiah trotter uh, or those, uh, or those draft picks. It's been 24 years, as Ruben noted, since the Eagles have drafted a Pro Bowl linebacker. So uh, we're all happy with Nicobe Dean, and I think we're going to be happy with with Jergens. Again, you just you wonder about uh, the cost benefit of taking Jergens in the second round when you are a team that is looking to get better. But again, this is not a. I don't think this is still a Super Bowl contending Eagles team. Although they certainly have gotten a lot closer here in the first three rounds of the draft and. I think Howie Roseman deserves all of the praise for what he's done in this draft. This has been an A draft. There's no question about it. The Eagles deserve an A-plus for this draft. They have done everything you could have wanted them to do, just about, it's hard to envision how it could have gone better again, unless maybe there was somebody in the second round. Maybe if there had been a cornerback that they really liked in the second round, you would have, um, you know, you could have gotten him there, but I don't think that, you know, most of the really good cornerbacks had been taken by that time. If you're looking in the second round and you're looking at some of the cornerbacks who were, who were taken after the Eagles uh, went with, uh, went with uh, uh, Juergens there. Uh, Jergens is taken at number 51 overall, but, Uh, You don't see another cornerback taken until number 28 overall, Cam Taylor Britt. And he was a guy who had been mocked to the Eagles in a number of of mock drafts. That would have made sense if the Eagles had taken him there. And, you know, maybe if you're the Eagles, you trade back and you trade back into the mid-20s, get yourself another fourth round pick or something like that. But here's the deal. You're trading back in the second round and you're getting an extra fifth. Maybe or maybe it can get an extra third or fourth in 2023 by trading back in in the second round. I don't know exactly what the compensation would have been. But, you know, these the, the, if you get anything out of a day three pick, like if you can somehow if you can somehow turn a day three pick into something into something valuable for you, it's a monumental achievement. Like Quez Watkins was a was a draft steal. But those are unusual. I don't care that much about getting a bunch of extra fifth and sixth round picks. I mean, yes, it's good to do, but if there's a player you really like in a certain spot and all you're going to get by moving back is an extra fifth round pick or something, it just doesn't do a whole lot for me. It just doesn't. If you get a fourth rounder, I would absolutely, I'm not going to devalue a fourth rounder. Fourth rounder is absolutely. Worth moving back in the second round for it, and and you know you know, if you're moving back you know six or seven spots, that's probably what you end up getting. You probably end up getting another fourth round pick, and that's worth doing if you want to go get a. But if you don't love the cornerback there, like if that's just not a guy who's on your board, and you know you have this need coming up at center in a in another year, okay, you know I guess it I guess it makes sense. And you ended up getting Dean, who a lot of folks wanted at that spot where Jergens was selected and you end up getting him in the third round, you've got to praise Howie Roseman for this draft. Now I will say, I do not think when the Eagles selected Jergens, when Roseman selected Jergens in the middle of the second round, he could not have thought that Dean would still be there when it came time for him to pick in the third round. So I do not think I'm not giving Howie Roseman credit for, for knowing that Dean would be there in the third round. That's luck. And that's okay. It's okay to be lucky. It's still an a draft. Howie Roseman has still done a phenomenal job in this draft after all of the crap I've given him over the years. These last two drafts appear to be franchise-altering drafts, which is what this team needed as a rebuilding team. He needed to hit on these drafts, and, and that is what he has done these last two years. It certainly appears that this year he has done that. So we'll certainly see about Dean and his ability to play. It wouldn't be awesome if the Eagles get nothing out of their second and third round picks here in 2022. But um, if the talent is good enough, if these guys end up being the kinds of playmakers that the Eagles believe they can be, then waiting a year won't be the worst thing in the world. Especially if you're a team like the Eagles, who is not a true Super Bowl contender just yet. Um. So again, give Howie Roseman credit. Give him all the credit in the world. It's an A draft. He's done. He's done a great job. But he's not a genius for for taking Dean in the third round because there's no way he could have thought Dean would be there in the third round. Anyways, but sometimes it's sometimes it's better to be lucky, and and that's okay. But the Eagles get two stud performers from the Georgia national championship defense. I keep coming back to that. They that Georgia defense was something else this year, and they got maybe two of the three best players from that defense in round number one and round number three, they've got to feel very, very good about that. Um, they do still need some work in the secondary and you're not going to really get any impact players on day three of the draft who you're going to say, yes, this is going to be our starting number two cornerback, or yes, this is going to be our starting safety. Um, I think they'll add to the secondary in day three and they certainly should. Um, We've been hearing a lot about Zach McPherson, how much they like Zach McPherson. And so maybe he gets a crack at the number two cornerback job. At the moment, that's probably the way this is working itself out, but you could still go out and you could get the honey badger at safety as a free agent. That would be the icing on the cake for this offseason. And then go sign a cheap corner. Maybe once training camp is a little bit closer. Um, again, you could hope that Zach McPherson is good enough to be a starter, but uh, there is some help at safety out there by going out and getting the honey badger and adding him to this defense would really solidify things. And so uh, that would be the next move for me, you know, get some secondary help here on day three, Hope you get lucky. Hope you hit on somebody that plays really well in training camp and plays really well in the uh, in the fake games uh, late in the summer and uh, and maybe a guy that you can. He wouldn't be your number two cornerback this year, but maybe he is again for for twenty twenty three. But you're going to need to go out and get somebody here in free agency, and we can talk about who that might be in future episodes here of Eye on the Enemy. Uh, I did just want to talk about the quarterbacks real quick. What a what a weird draft for the quarterbacks. I mean, I. Ben Solak mentioned this the last draft in which only one quarterback was selected in the first two rounds was in the year 2000. That was when Chad Pennington was selected 18th overall. Um, The next quarterback in that draft was a human being named Giovanni Carmazzi. And I have no idea if I'm saying that name, right, but uh, it's a great name Taken 65th overall. uh, The first pick in the third round, um, But uh, yeah, uh, not exactly a a household name there. So here on uh, on day two, um, again, just one quarterback went in the first round. uh, And that was, of course, Kenny Pickett to the Steelers. Uh, Still a a strange selection, if you ask me. Um, And then no quarterback taken. In round two, you did see a few quarterbacks then were taken in round three. And that just gives you an indication that none of these guys who are taken in round three, they're expecting to start this year. Uh, but the Bengals with the 10th pick in the third round, number 74, overall take Desmond Ritter. Um, again, he's Just, he's going to be uh, the backup to Joe Burrow. Kind of an interesting decision there. Uh, maybe Cincinnati's trying to become a QB factory. I'm going to flip uh, Desmond Ritter at some point, uh, but an interesting selection there. I don't, I think, no, I'm sorry. He's... I'm an idiot. Desmond Ritter played for the University of Cincinnati. He goes to the Atlanta Falcons, where he will, he will be groomed as a starter uh, moving forward. Uh, he probably doesn't get the job right off the bat. Uh, But uh, you you can certainly look for uh, Desmond Ritter to be the starter in Atlanta, they would hope, at some point uh, late in the season this year, if not certainly for the start of next year. And then a guy we all expected to go in the first round, I think, Malik Willis, lasts until the third round, uh, taken by the Tennessee Titans. He'll be backing up uh, Tannehill for the next little while, but he's a guy who... Everybody, I think, understands needs some development, probably needs a couple of years uh, to really perfect his and and hone his craft, but um, has trouble throwing the ball in the middle of the field, doesn't see the middle of the field, kind of like Jalen Hurts has an allergic reaction to throwing the ball in the middle of the field. And so um, he's going to get a couple of years to develop in Tennessee's system. Uh, But uh, Malik Willis, a, a tremendous prospect, has a lot of ability, has a lot of talent and a smart pickup there for Tennessee. Uh, at uh, the with the 22nd pick in uh, the third round of the draft number 86 overall and then a couple of picks later um Matt Corral from Ole Miss uh, goes to the Carolina Panthers the the Panthers there are some people mocking the Panthers taking Malik Willis at number six overall instead they wait until the third round uh to get their quarterback the guy they hope is their quarterback of the future from Ole Miss Matt Corral um but uh Again, three quarterbacks taken in round number three. None of them will be, I don't think, will be the starter on week one, but a very weird draft for the quarterbacks here in 2022. Uh, Really quickly, let's take a look at uh, what went down in the NFC East. The Cowboys took Ole Miss edge rusher Sam Williams. We'll start with the first round. Um, The Cowboys made Tulsa offensive tackle Tyler Smith their number one pick at number 24 overall. He's going to take the place of Lyle Collins. Again, we talked about that on the Instant Reaction Show, uh, which, again, you can find on our YouTube channel. Uh, With their second-round pick, they took Ole Miss edge rusher Sam Williams, number 56 overall. Uh, Then then they followed that up by taking wide receiver Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama at number 88. Um, with Randy Gregory on his way out the door the Cowboys will use Sam Williams as his replacement Uh, and then of course uh, Tolbert Will um, be added to the mix with Amari Cooper gone, and you don't know what the Michael Gallup situation is going to be, but going to be. But the the Cowboys needed some help at wide receiver, uh, and they took somebody from South Alabama, Jalen Tolbert, in the third round to give themselves someone else on the outside. The Giants have had a phenomenal draft. the The influx, the departure of Dave Gettleman, and the influx of Brian Day. Uh, the, uh, pardon me, the Brian Dable's the, the head the new head coach, but the influx of uh, the Buffalo uh, Bills hierarchy coming into New York has paid huge dividends right away. Kayvon Thibodeau, again, taken number five overall. A phenomenal edge rusher from Oregon, and then Evan Neal, the the monstrous offensive tackle from the University of Alabama, taken at number seven overall. Uh, then In the second round, they go out and they get wide receiver Wundale Robinson from the University of Kentucky at number 43 overall. Uh, At number 67 overall, they take Joshua Ezudo, guard from North Carolina. And then uh, in the third round, uh, they took a cornerback from LSU named Cordell Flott. And so that has been uh, the uh, Giants draft so far. Again, uh, most experts seem to think the Giants are just killing it right now in the draft this year, and it's hard to argue. I think they have had a phenomenal draft. And then, of course, uh, looking at the Commander's draft, they've had uh, three picks, one in the first, one in the second, and one in the third. With their first-round pick, they took Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dotson at number 16 overall, um, guy they like a whole lot uh, to be on the other. They had to get somebody else to pair with Terry McLaurin, and I don't know that Dotson is going to be uh, a phenomenal player right off the bat for, uh, for, for 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 Washington, but they they had to get somebody who could who at wide receiver and with an early pick. Uh, they had to get a playmaker, and uh, that's exactly what they did. Then at number forty-seven overall, they took Fedarian Mathis, a defensive tackle from the University of Alabama, and then with their third-round pick, they took a running back, Brian Robinson Jr out of the university of alabama so uh, washington with uh, two alabama picks here on day two with the second and third round they they definitely had to get uh, a couple of uh, a couple of guys at the skill positions and uh, we'll see how those guys work out once training camp rolls around and and as i'm recording here howie roseman is uh is talking to the media about uh, their their selections we will of course have the full news conferences for you um for an at the podium podcast, but uh, he does say that Dean's pec strain will not require surgery, according to their doctors. And um, while they agreed that uh, he dropped because teams had medical concerns, they expect him to be on the field in rookie camp next weekend. So do not look for, uh, for Dean to miss any time. Uh, it looks like he's going to be right in there Um he also said that uh, Nicobe Dean and Cam Juergens were the Eagles' top two prospects on the team's board at number 51. He said they went with the lineman first per their team philosophy. So they obviously love Juergens, and that's why they went with him uh, before Nicobe Dean. Um, so that's pretty incredible. He'll be on the field for rookie minning camp. Uh, as for Juergens, Nick Sirianni says Cam Juergens is, quote, all ball, eats it, sleeps it, dreams it. And yes, uh, they, the Howard Roseman says they were pleasantly surprised when Dean was still there at number 83. So again, they, they didn't think Dean was going to be there in the third round, but they stuck with their draft philosophy of going with the lines first and then getting over the linebacker. And, you know, sometimes if you've got good process, things, things work out for you. Um, and so yeah, Dean will be on the field next week for, for rookie minicamp. So, so there you go, folks. Uh, doesn't Don't look for N'Kobe Dean to miss any time here in 2022. Of course, uh, their team's comfortable with his medicals, but we'll see how it actually looks once he's on the field. All right, folks, well, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. Thanks so much for, for hanging out with me for the last half hour or so as we talk about Day 2 of the NFL Draft. And make sure you continue to check out BleedingGreenNation.com each and every day, especially right now as we are breaking down this very important draft and everything that's been going on here over the last few days. And check out all of the phenomenal podcasts we're going to have for you at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast, And tell your friends about all of the podcasts we have for you here at Bleeding Green Nation. Have them subscribe and leave a 5-star rating and a review. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. Tuning in. Hope you're enjoying the draft and you enjoyed day three. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy.